A Missouri opponent from 2021 will be joining the Mizzou football team for 2022, along with his cousin, by the way, such as the transfer portal. And also, one of Gary Pinkle's longtime assistants is now an NFL head coach. Do we possibly owe this guy an apology? Well, all of this and more coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And thanks for making Locked On Mizzou your first listen every day. And thanks for telling a friend we're free and available on all platforms, including Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, basically anything you can possibly think of where you get content. But you know what? On today's show, some exciting news. If you're a Missouri fan looking for a linebacker to go next to Chad Bailey, well, I think we just might have found one in Tyron Hopper, who played for the University of Florida last year, by the way. He was a really highly sought-after kid coming out of high school, a top 100 recruit, in fact, according to Rivals.com. Just a really, really high level. Again, high school recruit, as you can tell by his offer list. You got Alabama, Auburn, Tennessee, the Miami Hurricanes, and so many more teams. Basically, everybody in the country was after this young man. Well, like I said, he played against Missouri in the 2021 campaign, and really his sophomore season there was his breakout campaign. And, you know, let's see, what were his numbers here? I have them in front of me. 65 tackles including 10 for loss, three and a half sacks, a forced fumble. So a really big time get for Missouri, especially considering they were looking for a linebacker. And I think realistically, this is as good as any Missouri fan or the coaching staff could have hoped for, especially to pluck somebody from your in-division rival like that. Well, that's sort of not only did you get somebody, you also maybe subtracted somebody, hopefully, from Florida as well. Obviously, in terms of a body, they subtracted somebody. What I'm saying is that may really hurt the Gators next season, hopefully when we go down to Gainesville next year. Now, of course, as most of you know, this comes off the heels of his cousin, Tyrone. Again, not to be confused with Tyron Hopper transferring from North Carolina. And the former Tar Heel also listed at linebacker, though, It sounds like he's more of an edge rusher, and Missouri has recruited him to play, again, more of that defensive end type role at Mizzou next season. So interestingly, two hoppers coming on board, one Tyrone, one Tyron, and believe it or not, they're not actually brothers. Yes, they're just cousins. So let's clear up that confusion right now. But you know, it is interesting with Tyron Hopper coming on board, having played in that really emotional, at least if you're a Missouri fan, Florida victory last season, it does still feel a little weird, right, with guys transferring not only within conference but within division too. I mean, I'll be completely honest, I still feel some kind of way about Trey Williams and Markel Utzi going to Arkansas and, of course, on the basketball side, Xavier Pinson taking his talents to Baton Rouge. You know, it just feels weird. It just does. I'm sorry. And It doesn't mean that any of these individual 
players are, are bad or anything like that. I'm not accusing them of being bad people, but this is certainly a new trend that I'm just frankly, as a, as a college basketball fan, a college ba- football fan for multiple decades, just something I'm going to have to get used to, to be honest with you. But, you know, obviously on the other side of the equation, you take the bad with the good, and in this case, the good is Tyron Hopper. So get on board, buddy. We'll like you in the black and gold. I'm sure I'm sure of that. Now, as far as the rest of the transfer portal and what the Missouri football team might be looking for, well, I can only speculate, right? But if I'm running that squad, number one, you always take any linemen that are available. And if you've noticed, not exactly a lot of SEC-ready starters out there in the transfer portal on the offensive line or even the defensive line, but especially on offense. And so that just shows you that Missouri did really well by getting Mike Maietti for the past couple seasons. That's for darn sure. But even though Missouri obviously added Tyron Hopper as a pass rusher from Carolina, well, I, I still think Missouri obviously would just take – if there's an actual legit pass rusher on the market – you always take those guys. But other than that, corner to me, cornerback, defensive back. Yeah, I think we need more depth there for sure. After losing the two kids from Tulsa with Ennis Rakestraw coming back off injury, hopefully he'll be fine this fall. But, you know, I just don't think you totally want to count on that. Now, the one rumor that's been going around, a pretty strong rumor backed up by a lot of Missouri reporters, is that there's at least some mutual interest at the quarterback position between former Georgia player JT Daniels and the Missouri Tigers. Well, I don't know how serious that is, and that certainly is something that the reporters, the, the reports have talked about as well. But to me, although I in the past have actually advocated for JT Daniels to be the Georgia starter over Stetson Bennett, who just won the national championship, of course, now to me, with especially with Missouri's situation, I'm actually fairly content with the quarterback room. I think we saw enough from Brady Cook in the bowl game that I actually feel okay about him being the starter. And I still like Tyler Macon, by the way. I like his, his upside, and certainly Sam Horn. I really, really like his upside, too. Not a lot of experience there, but to me, I, I understand the idea of wanting to add a veteran quarterback, but... Daniels has now maybe just had one injury too many to make me feel confident about him as a starter. And I do think Missouri needs a little bit of of agility at that position as well. We saw, really, I thought Brady Cook's element of being able to run the football at the end of the season there in that Armed Forces Bowl just proved that you need that element, and I, I'm just not sure that JT Daniels is going to provide it. In fact, I'm pretty certain he's not. He's pretty much a statue in the pocket. When he's healthy, he can throw that football, don't get me wrong, but just his inability to move, number one, and number two, just the injury risk, I think I would take a pass on JT Daniels if I'm Eli Drinkwitz, because it's not worth the risk of upsetting that quarterback room, possibly getting one of those guys to transfer for what? Maybe he starts three, four games and then gets hurt. I mean, that's a very strong possibility. So again, Eli, take a pass on JT Daniels. That's just my advice. Well, I think it's fair to say that even 10 years ago, certainly, it was hard to imagine former Missouri defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus being an NFL head coach. But 
guess what? That's where we are. And maybe do we fans owe Eberflus an apology a little bit? Well, let's talk about that. And, and speaking of things that are hard to imagine, it's hard to imagine $5 gallons of milk and well guess what gas is up over three dollars a gallon as well so guess what i've got an idea for you that's pure upside it's called the get upside app find it on in the in the google play store the app store on ios here's the deal you download this onto your phone and you get 25 cents per gallon or more on your first fill-up when you use the promo code COLLEGE. It's really as simple as that. And then on your subsequent fill-ups at the tank, well, you're still going to get up to $0.25 per gallon each and every time you fill up. That stuff really adds up, especially if you drive a lot, especially for work, for your commutes, whatever it might be. So once again... That's the Get Upside app. Use the promo code COLLEGE. And the best part is you accumulate this cash back and you can cash it out anytime you want to your bank account, to your PayPal, or just get an e-gift card from Amazon or other retailers. So once again, the free Get Upside app. Use the promo code SCORE for $0.25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. It's Super Week brought to you by Get Upside, and there's no better place to get coverage of the big game than the Locked On NFL podcast. Locked On NFL will be in Los Angeles all week covering the big game. And you know what? Speaking of big-time cities like Los Angeles, Chicago was my old stomping ground, so so it's kind of interesting to see Matt Eberflus being the new coach of a certain team from a, a certain city called Chicago. Yes, the new Bears coach, Matt Eberflus. And isn't it interesting that Matt Eberflus has gone on to so much success when it seemed like he was just much maligned his whole time at Missouri under Gary Pinkle, often just because of, right, the soft zone coverage, very much not putting cornerbacks on the line of scrimmage, right? Well, too much cushion. That was the biggest complaint, right? Too much cushion by the cornerbacks. Well, I would just point out that he and Dave Yost also, by the way, got a tremendous, tremendous amount of crap for during their times with Gary Pinkle. And I would just like to say, if Gary Pinkle, who recently made the College Football Hall of Fame, if he had a couple guys who were just idiots running his defense and his offense for a huge chunk of his tenure at Missouri, what what are the odds that maybe they actually knew something? <laughs> maybe the Chicago Bears and the Indianapolis Colts who hired Eberflus as their defensive coordinators, or Gary Pinkle, for that matter, who had Eberflus as his defensive coordinator for many years. Perhaps those guys knew something. And as I've pointed out before, it's very obvious in retrospect that as unorthodox at the time as Dave Yost's offense was, the spread them out, five wide receiver, shotgun offense. Well, obviously he was right in retrospect to go in that direction. Now, maybe he took it a little bit too far in the red zone or something, he might argue. Fine. But overall, you have to admit, just about everybody in football at every level from high school all the way up to the pros is playing some form of a shotgun spread type offense, or at least they're doing a lot more shotgun than they did during Dave Yost's heyday. Let's put it that way. There's no doubt about that. 
And to me, you also see a lot more of the sort of zone-heavy, sort of bend but don't break, make them, you know, frankly what a lot of teams have employed against Patrick Mahomes at the early part of the season. Now, Mahomes is, of course, so brilliant that he's figured out how to beat any defense. But the point is, a lot of NFL teams, a lot of college teams have sort of gone that direction of the bend but don't break, hey, keeping everything in front of you defense. And that's a perfectly viable strategy, I think. You know, it's not as though last season in particular when Missouri played a ton of press man-to-man coverage in 2020 under Ryan Walters. It's not as though that was the magic elixir that just was impenetrable for all SEC offenses. Like, oh my God, we can't possibly figure out bump and run coverage. I mean, listen, it works for Alabama. It works for LSU because, well, frankly, they, they recruit the best corners. So... To me, I think just my main point is we as fans, and I've certainly been guilty of this in my life as well, don't get me wrong, but sometimes when things go wrong, it's like, well, it's got to be the play calling. It's got to be the offensive coordinator. It's got to be the defensive coordinator. And that's just a little bit too simplistic. It just is. And we just assume that these guys are absolute idiots at times when obviously over the last decade or so, I think it's pretty obvious that not only Yost, but clearly Matt Eberflus, the new head coach of the Chicago Bears, he may know a thing or two about football, folks. And coming up, I want to talk more about the future of Missouri football, including what we can expect from the 2022 recruit, recruiting class for this coming football season. But first, I want to tell you about Built Bar, who is here to help you stay fit or even get fit this new year because yes it's still we can still say happy new year it's still january right well built bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or maybe even better than a candy bar so guess what when you want to fall off your diet wagon just a little bit reach for a built bar forget about those big corporate candy bars or those those frankly those other protein bars too which just don't taste all that satisfying. Well, Built Bar has you covered. They're covered in 100% chocolate, in fact. And here's the best part. Even though they're tasty, they're only 130 calories per bar. And these bars are low in sugar, low in carbs, but very high in protein. So guess what? Look at the back of these things. Compare it to a Snickers bar. There really is no comparison. So once again, when you need a treat, Reach for a Built Bar, and when you do, go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Once again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. And thanks, as always, for making Locked On Mizzou your first listen, and I've suggested many times you make Locked On Chiefs your second listen, so what I want to do right now is just share you a quick 80-second clip from Locked On Chiefs. The AFC Championship game comes down to two things for the Kansas City Chiefs. Can Patrick the Reaper Mahomes continue his run as we saw against the Bills? And can the Chiefs' defense and its staff learn its lesson from the last time they played the Cincinnati Bengals? I'm Ryan Tracy from Locked On Chiefs, and that's what it comes down to. You saw an extraordinary effort by the offense, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, to not only get to overtime, but then win it. They don't need to do that. They have to avoid it, in fact, in order to get this win against a team that is nearly as explosive. On the other side, you have to be careful if you're Steve Spagnuolo or anyone 
out there on the field on the defensive side of the ball to not overreact to what you saw the last time when Jamar Chase destroyed that secondary on a circus catch after circus catch. Tyron Matthews should be back and playing in this ballgame. That helps. You have to adjust, and you have to play over the top, and you have to try to take Chase and limit him. Not take him away, because then you're devoting too many other resources to that, and someone else is going to hurt you. I think they're going to play more zone. I think they have to back off and let Joe Mixon hurt them if he can. They'll live with that, and that will get them the win. For more on this game and your Chiefs, check out Locked On Chiefs. We're free on every platform. We're part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I concur with Ryan, by the way. The Chiefs don't need to devote all their resources to to Jamar Chase, but certainly when it's third and 25, let's not put him one-on-one on an island on the boundary. Let's not do that next time. But you know what? Let's talk more about the Missouri Tigers. I actually tried a little bit something different yesterday. Tried a live Q&A while streaming some MLB The Show yesterday. Had a few people tune in, mostly a, uh, a learning experience as far as tech goes and stuff like that. But fortunately, I did get one question from from a from a listener, a viewer, if you will. And Basically, that question was about expectations for the 2022 class. And I think, number one, it's obvious that Luther Burden is going to be a day one starter. And as I said yesterday on that live stream, I think you can expect is a strong word, but I certainly think the upside of Luther Burden is somewhere in the Jeremy Macklin range. Jeremy Macklin's first season as a redshirt freshman and as much as you might say, well, yeah, he was a red shirt. Well, really, that wasn't so much a red shirt year for Macklin. That was a rehab year for Jeremy Macklin. It wasn't as though he was running around playing seven on seven for six months and getting chemistry with Chase Daniel. Nothing like that. No, he was rehabbing. So to me, I don't think it's unrealistic for Burden, a guy who, whether it's at the Under Armour All-Star game or just in his high school games against higher level competition, his senior year against East St. Louis, the guy just shows up and, and sort of blows your mind every time you watch him play. So to me, could he be a thousand yard receiver next year? Absolutely. I, I don't think that's unrealistic. He's really that kind of talent. So number one, there's your obvious impact player from 2022. Now, as for the rest of the class, I think you'll see Marquise Gracial come in and immediately, he's just got the body, number one. He's got an SEC-ready size and body to him at the defensive line. I think you can come, he'll come in and have a Makai Wingo-like impact. Now, of course, Wingo has now taken, like like Xavier Pinson, he has also taken his talents to Baton Rouge playing for the LSU Tigers now. But I seriously think that Gracial can be that kind of player immediately, if not better. I think Gracial actually has was a higher level. I certainly, I know he's a higher level player ranked-wise coming out of high school. Will that translate to the college level? Well, we'll just have to see. I anticipate that it's got a good chance at it. Now, the third guy, obviously, Sam Horn, he's really the headliner in a way, right? Even though Burden is the receiver, the quarterback almost always gets, is almost always going to be even more important, right? I still anticipate that Brady Cook is going to be your starter from day one, and I like what I saw out of Brady Cook at the end of the season, but... Is it impossible that Horn could come in and blow our minds and steal the job? No, I don't think it's impossible. I just don't think it's likely at this point, especially with Horn not enrolling early. 
him finishing out his high school career playing baseball. And by the way, good for him. I'm actually, I actually support that. If it costs him a, you know, a 15% edge and trying to be the starter this fall, that's okay. He's going to have plenty of time to prove himself on campus at Missouri. That's not something I'm worried about at all. Then I think, okay, now let's look at Tavoris Jones at running back. There's another guy I think could easily be part of the running back rotation. I anticipate Elijah Young, Nathaniel Pete, and Tavoris Jones maybe will be your three. If I had to guess right now, I think that's what you're looking at. I just think you get the best running back out of the state of Texas, a four-star kid, a kid who was wanted by everybody in the country. I think he's going to see the field too. So you've got some potentially big impact players who can come in as true freshmen this fall for sure. But ultimately what really matters is that Eli Drinkwitz keeps recruiting at this level. That's truly what's important. If we can keep this up, whatever Missouri's been doing, and I don't know all the behind-the-scenes machinations of what they're doing. Obviously, I see them pulling up in dump trucks and, and Mack trucks and and whatever. I, I see all that stuff. I see all the gimmicks that they put out in the media, but I, I frankly don't know how they're getting these kids. And I'm not implying anything here. I'm just pointing out what I don't know. What I would point out is the people who think that, hey, maybe Eli Drinkwitz should get an offensive coordinator, to me that is the real concern, that Eli just runs out of time. Because he's he's got four young daughters, by the way, who are from age, I don't know, 3 to 12 or something like that. He obviously is a good dad who wants to see them play basketball games and stuff like that, see their softball games, go to dance recitals whatever it might be, and at a certain point, you just wonder if he's going to call the plays, boy, you sure hope he's got a lot of help because if you're – you just – those slight edges of, okay, here's the perfect play call against this defense on fourth and one. As we saw against Florida last year on that two-point conversion, those type of situations can be the difference between the win and the loss, and you just wonder if at a certain point you get to the law of diminishing returns. He's only one guy, is what I'm saying. And if I just think it's actually much more valuable for him to focus on recruiting than it is for him to focus on play calling at a certain point. You take the bigger picture, and yet those play calling moments, those those do-or-die moments, the game of inches, if you will, you got to have somebody to do it. I just don't think Eli Drinkwitz may be the guy. And that's something he's got to decide just something, just a suggestion, just thinking out loud here, basically. So with all that being said, I'll talk to you all on Monday. We'll talk about the Missouri-Iowa State basketball game, of course, and whatever Missouri news comes your way. And also, going to be attending the Royal Rumble on Saturday in St. Louis at the Dome. So I'll give you a little bit of that flavor as well. So until next time, I'm John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou. Thank you.